last look in the book of Genesis. We are going to talk about motherhood tonight uh, from a little bit different perspective than uh, Pastor David taught us this morning. That was great message this morning on honor, amen, and the importance of that and the promise of that, the promise of God for wellness and long life when we honor our parents, our father and our mother, okay? Um, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay? So both male and female reflect the image of God. Amen? So God created man, and man in the Bible really refers to both male and female. And both sexes reflect the image of God. Both male and female reflect or mirror God um, uniquely, okay? Male and female are different from one another, but both are created in the image of God. Can you see that from the word? Amen. So, you know, we often think of God as Father. And, of course, Jesus introduced us to God as Father. And through his death and resurrection, reconciled us to God and uh, made us children of God through the new birth. And we cry, Abba, meaning Daddy, Father. And it is so wonderful, amen, to know God as Father. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> and so we speak a lot about the fatherhood of God. And of course, when we pray, we address God as Father, and Jesus taught us to do so, right? But there is also a reflection of motherhood, um, or there is a characteristic of motherhood in God. Okay, and that's what we want to look at and talk about a little bit tonight because again, in this verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, it says that he created male and female in his image. Amen? Okay, so both male and female are beautiful reflections of the character of God. Now, of course... That reflection has been fractured by the fall, right? And by the flesh. <laughs> and so, of course, we have stereotypical characteristics of men and women that are negative, right? Husbands and wives that are negative because of sin, because of the fall, because of uh, the weaknesses of our flesh. However, as children of God, how many children of God do we have here tonight? You've been born of God, right? Um, when you were born of God through the new birth, when you were born from above, then you were recreated, how? In God's image. And in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, 
it says, well, you know, verse 17 says that if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And verse 18 says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself. Earlier in that chapter, it says that we are to know no man after the flesh. Wow. Okay, so we're, we are not to be viewing one another after the flesh, um, AKA, you know, after our weaknesses, after our negative or distorted uh, characteristics of male and female, right? But we're to look for the best in one another. We're to see Jesus in one another. Of course, it's also our responsibility to reflect Jesus, <laughs> amen, and to grow in our Christian uh, walk and in our expression of God. And that's actually part of the purpose of this message tonight, okay, is to look into the word. And as we look into the mirror of God's word and God's word as likened unto a mirror, we are transformed, right? From glory to glory, even into the image of Christ, hallelujah. But we want to focus um, our attention tonight more specifically on the motherly characteristics of God. And so whether you are a mother or not, if you are a female, then you, you have been recreated in Christ Jesus with motherly characteristics. And I'm going to show you that um, from the word. And you are called uh, to express those motherly characteristics to express the motherhood of God, if you will. And you are called, I'm speaking to every female in here tonight, um, you know, to be a spiritual mother, if not also a natural mother, okay? So as females, we have motherly characteristics, just as if you are a male and are created in the image of God, you have fatherly characteristics, okay? Um, let's look, uh, you looked at verse 27 of Genesis chapter one. Go back all the way to verse uh, two of Genesis. Of course, verse one says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it seems like there's a great gap actually between verses one and verse two, and we're not gonna get into a theological discourse over what happened between verses one and verse two, but nevertheless, in verse two, this is what it says. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This is the first reference to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Or we could say it's the first mention, and there is a law of first mention in the uh, study of scriptures. And uh, whenever there's a first mention of something in the Bible, then uh, we can see the, that pattern every other time it's mentioned in the Bible. Or in other words, we, we wanna take what we learn from the first mention and put that in our interpretation of every other mention. And so it says here, of the Holy Spirit, uh, and we know that God is a triune being, amen. God is one God, 
manifested in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, right? So again, Jesus introduced us to God as Father, reconciled us to our God as Father, but how many realize the Holy Spirit is also God? Amen? And so I'm going to submit to you tonight and invite you to look to the Word with me tonight to see that the female counterpart of man in God's creation and reflection of himself uh, closely resembles and is intended to mirror characteristics of the Holy Spirit, just as males are to uh, resemble, reflect, and mirror characteristics of God the Father, I believe that as women, we are to even more specifically reflect the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And it says of the Holy Spirit in this first mention that the Spirit of God was the King James Version says moved. I'm reading from the New King James, and it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay, so um, the Hebrew word that's translated moved or hovered here is R-A-C-H-A-P-H however you want to pronounce that, but the root of this word means to brood. So uh, it means to, um, to uh, hover over, to uh, flutter, to shake, uh, and most specifically, to brood. The Amplified Bible says, the earth was without form and an empty waste and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep and the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters, okay? So the Holy Spirit, uh, we can see from even this very first mention is... Um, you know, has the characteristic of a mother. Like a mother hen or a bird broods over her young or broods over her eggs, um, the Holy Spirit broods. The Holy Spirit covers, uh, protects, hovers, surrounds, amen? And we see this in the very first uh, scripture describing the Holy Spirit. As most of you know, I was blessed last Mother's Day. Well, actually, she was a early Mother's Day gift because she came early with a, um, I was blessed with a, a little baby horse called a filly when it's a girl. And so um, I, I got her as a surprise gift one day old. And so um, it's been over a year now, and I've spent a lot of time with my little filly. She's a yearling now. But for the first uh, four months or so, four or five months, she was with her mother, whose name 
uh, is uh, Alta Gracia, and uh, my filly's name is Mariposa. And so um, I would watch how Alta Gracia would protect uh, Mariposa. If she sensed any kind of danger, any kind of threat whatsoever, now she she's uh, learned to trust me pretty early on. And as a matter of fact, I could tell that she was actually happy to see me sometimes when I'd come out to hang out with Mariposa. She's like, great, you have her, you know, <laughs> take her. <laughs> she was kind of like, yes, it does take a village. Go ahead and take her for a while, you know. <laughs> and so, because Mariposa would be jumping on her and, you know, uh, being kind of clingy. And so, um, but when there was a threat of any kind or when one of the stallions was let out of the barn or in the area, in the arena, which was close to the pen where uh, Mariposa was, Alta Grassi would, would run in circles around my filly. You know, she would, her, her ears would be flattened and she was on high alert up, up and down and she would run circles around my mariposa. And uh, of course, that instinct is in every mother, right? That instinct is in, you know, all of creation reflects the glory of God. And the gift we gave to mothers today, you know, has a mama bear on that cup. And, um, you know, why? Because, you know, a bear, uh, a, a mother bear protects her young. Amen? And matter of fact, the book of Proverbs speaks about, you know, a bear, a mother bear that's robbed of her whelps. Like, you do not want to mess with a mama bear that's been robbed of her whelps, right? Okay. And so there is this instinct in the mother to surround her young, to protect her young, to hover over her young, okay? And that, that is more so in a mother than even a father, okay? I mean, I'm not saying fathers aren't protective, okay? <laughs> it's our, you know, our job as both parents, but there's something, something about a mama, amen? And we can see that that is reflective of God, and specifically, God the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And when we go to Israel, we will uh, stand on the Mount of Olives where Jesus stood, essentially the same area, and we can look over Jerusalem and uh, when, uh, and reflect upon that incident when Jesus, you know, before he went to the cross, wept over Jerusalem. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and kill those whom God sends to you. He said, how often I would have gathered you. I would have loved to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you refused, you would not. But my point in sharing that is that, again, 
Jesus used a, a mother hen who broods, who hovers, to describe the heart of God for his people. God's desire is to gather. God's desire is to surround. God's desire is to nurture. God's desire is to protect. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And we should aspire, especially as women, amen, to reflect the motherhood of God. The motherhood of God. Hallelujah. Let's look in uh, the second chapter of Genesis. The second chapter of Genesis gives us a more detailed account of how God created the man and the woman. In verse um, 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. The King James Version says, I will make him a help meet for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So this was um, the last description of husband and well you know of course it's the first one <laughs> in the bible of husband and wife and how god created them and designed them uh, for one another and what his intention was for family for marriage and family amen that a man and jesus quoted this in speaking about marriage he referred all the way back to genesis um, because they asked him about divorce and how, you know, why did Moses um, allow and give a writing uh, allowing divorce? And Jesus explained it was because of the hardness of your heart. In other words, because of the fall, because of your weakness, you know, because of sin. Uh, however, he said, in the beginning, it was not so. And he said, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And of course, Jesus added, therefore, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Let not man divide. Amen? Um, and they were both naked, a man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And of course, of course, in the Genesis account, when it says he created the male and female, then it says that 
the first command that God gave, the first command that God gave in the Bible was to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, have sex, right? <laughs> and so uh, he took the rib out of man to form the woman. So he formed man out of the dust of the earth, but he formed woman from a part of man. And what we now know scientifically uh, the, the, the sex chromosome of a man is XY, and the sex chromosome of the woman, and this is from conception, I'm, seems like I'm going in and out here for some reason, but um, of a woman is, is XX, okay? And that is assigned at conception, and from conception until a man or woman, uh, you know, till, till death, from conception till death, every cell in their body uh, contains the, that chromosome, no matter what kind of hormonal, you know, modifications, no matter what kind of, you know, surgical modifications or, you know, to, to change one's sex or, or, or gender, um, it is, uh, well, you know, the, um, there are those who are trying to, <laughs> um, uh, uh, distinguish gender from sex, okay? And when I'm, when I'm talking about sex, I am talking about the male or, or female gender, okay? Um, so I'm not talking about the act of sex, but uh, God, uh, this is the way God designed it in the beginning, that the woman was made from the man. And then, of course, over in Corinthians, in talking about our equality, you know, in value, it says that, that the woman was created for the man, right? Not the man for the woman. But then it says, but then every man comes from the woman. Okay, so we're all interdependent upon one another and equal in, in value and in purpose. Okay, but um, in, you know, uh, taking this rib from man and creating the woman, um, you know, there's a implication or an indication that, you know, man alone, which was, uh, you know, what God called, the first thing that God said was not good. You know, it was not good that he be alone, right? I will make him a, a helper or a companion suitable for him. Um, but there's, there's an implication that, you know, that that, that first man was, um, uh, you know, had the characteristics of both male and female, you could say. And then when, you know, God took the rib out of that man and created the, the female, then you have 
you know, had the separation and you had the uh, image of God in two different human beings, okay? And then when they come back together, hallelujah, they again complete that image of God. Hallelujah. So, you know, God's creation is just absolutely amazing. Um, so, male and female are distinct and different from one another. And the female more closely resembles the characteristics of God that are motherly and we could say the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Let me read this verse 18 in the Amplified. Now the Lord God said it is not good, sufficient or satisfactory that the man should be alone. I will make him an helper meet suitable, adapted and complementary for him. The New Living Translation says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. Okay, and the verse I was speaking of in Corinthians is 1 Corinthians 11:12. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. So in the Hebrew, this word, help meet, translated help meet in the King James or help comparable in the New King James. Uh, according to Strong's, it means to surround, to protect, to aid, and to help, okay? Now let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14, when Jesus speaks about sending the Holy Spirit uh, to replace him. John 14 and verse 16. So we wanna look at the Holy Spirit and especially as females, like I said, uh, we wanna look in the mirror of God's word and aspire to be transformed into this image as female human beings created in the image of God. And, but then men uh, should look for these characteristics in whatever women that God has put in your life, amen? And appreciate these unique characteristics that reflect the Holy Spirit. So John, what did I tell you? John 14 and verse 16. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The King James Version says comforter. The Greek word is parakletos, which implies both helper and comforter. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So I just read verses 16 through the 18, verse uh, 16 through 18 in the New King James Version. The Strong's Concordance defines uh, parakletos, which Jesus said is the comforter or helper as intercessor, counselor, advocate, and comforter. 
the Amplified Bible. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And of course, the Amplified Bible amplifies it. So in parentheses, it says, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, okay? So, in reflecting God, all right, let, let's just talk some about the, the let's, uh, you know, wake you up all, a little bit, get you to interact a little bit. Uh, let's talk about some of the characteristics of God, okay? Um, we sing about them, amen, we've come to know God in different ways, so any characteristic of God that you want to name, just call it out. Loving, faithful, kind, loyal, merciful, omniscient, long-suffering, patient, what else? Sovereign, teacher, okay. How about faithful? <laughs> faithful, all right. Oh, somebody said loyal. Okay. Provider. Protector. Healer. Good stuff, amen. He's so good, right? What else? Anybody think of any characteristics of God that you've come to know, Pastor Andy? Say what? <laughs> Oh, breasty one. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So that, uh, so, you know, it says under his wings, we should trust, you know, under, under the covert of, of his wings, you know. And so, um, you know, that's, that's of course what, uh, you know, chicks would snuggle up to. And, uh, but yeah, so is he a comforter? Yeah. He is a comforter, amen. But when you think of, you know, mother or father, who is typically the most comforting, you know? I mean, like, if you really, really want to be comforted, do you go, I want my mommy, <laughs> right? All right, and what, and what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He is your comforter, praise God. And so then, you know, as wives, as mothers, or even just as women in ministering to other people, how many would agree that we should aspire to mirror the characteristics of being comforters, hallelujah, of being uh, faithful and loyal? Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will remain with you forever. He will never leave us, never forsake us right? That's like a mother's love. Amen? And then it also says the spirit of truth. Wow. The spirit of truth. Um, uh, some versions of this verse say, I will send you a friend. You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And of course, uh, Parakletos is an advocate, you know, like, in other words, I've got your back. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by you, stand by is, is one of the terms. And so a friend's gonna tell you the truth, amen? So we want to be comforters, but we don't want to be manipulators, amen? We don't wanna just be flatterers, right? Uh, we certainly don't wanna be gossips <laughs> or any of the stereotypical uh, negative characteristics that women, we don't wanna be naggers, we don't want to uh, hover in a negative way <laughs> over others, our family members, our children, right? But we do want to be there as a friend, as a consoler, as a comforter, as a strengthener, as a standby. Amen? Pastor David mentioned this morning about, you know, women in the Bible, and the Proverbs 31 woman is a strong woman. Amen? So we, uh, in order to really strengthen others and be a comfort to others, then we have to be strong. And because God is in us, and that's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, he will be with you and he will be in you. Glory to God. He said, the, the Passion Translation says, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Praise God. Now, you know, uh, Jesus, um, not Jesus, well, you could say Jesus, but the scriptures and, and God um, it speaks about himself in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, when um, God is trying to convey his love for Israel, and of course, we can apply that to us as his covenant people. He said, can a, can a woman forget her nursing child? You know, of course, the answer is supposed to be no, right? <laughs> can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? The answer is supposed to be no, of course right? But then God had to say, well, surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Hallelujah. So God is describing himself, you know, or comparing himself with a mother. Amen? Like a woman cannot uh, abandon her child. Um, but in the, of course, because of the fall, because of sin, because of weakness, because of brokenness, it does happen. But what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is, he said, I will not abandon you as orphans. Amen. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never, never forget you. Praise God. Now, you know David who wrote the Psalms. He's a sweet psalmist of Israel. In Psalm 27, uh, verse 10, David said, Although my father and mother forsake me, yet the Lord will take me up, right? Most versions actually put that in the past tense or as if David is saying, My father and my mother did forsake me. 
For example, the Amplified Bible says, although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up and adopt me as his child. David uh, was rejected by his father. I mean, even in, you know, when Samuel came to uh, anoint one of um, Jesse's, uh, did I say Saul for a second there? No, not yet, okay. <laughs> when uh, Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons uh, to replace Saul, uh, you know, he asked for all of the sons to come, you know, before him. Well, Jesse didn't even call David. So he didn't even think he was king material, you know, at all. So that was his father's opinion of him, you know, which could be perceived as rejection, right? I mean, Samuel asked for all of his sons, and David wasn't even considered, right? And then uh, there is a good possibility that when Saul, uh, you know, was king, not in, you know, God's eyes, God had torn the kingdom from Saul because of Saul's pride and disobedience. And Samuel, by the instruction of God, anointed uh, David to be king. But, you know, David had to go through a whole lot <laughs> before he was actually, uh, you know, crowned as king over Israel. And Saul remained, you know, in the natural as king. And he was um, jealous of David, tried to kill David, right? But yet he was king of Israel. And so you don't want to get on the wrong side of the king. And so since the king was chasing down David to kill him, it is very possible that David's parents, you know, abandoned David so that they wouldn't be killed by Saul, okay? And so, I mean, and David did say, when my father and mother forsook me, the Lord took me up. So David is, of course, a great example. And, you know, he's spoken of um, by God as a, a man after God's own heart. But you think about it, but David pressed into God. Amen? He became a worshiper and a prayer. And, and he developed his, his relationship with God uh, and in that and, and knowing God as his father and his mother. That's what he's saying here, right? My father and mother forsook me, abandoned me, but God, <laughs> right? And if David can do that, amen, we absolutely can do that because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, amen? So we can know God as father and mother, right? Uh, because Holy Spirit is that comforter, is that one who will never abandon us, is that one who will always believe in us, is that one who will stick closer than a brother. Hallelujah. But we want to be that, that for others. Amen? Don't you want to be that for others? In the uh, 68th Psalm, you can look with me there, um, it says, verses uh, 5 and 6, New King James Version, 
A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Um, the, passion, the Passion Translation. To the fatherless, he's a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our holy God in his holy place. Praise God. So this is what God does, right? But how many know he uses people to do that? Amen. He, in, in New Testament terms, he uses us. We are the family of God, right? All right, look with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. This is really my, my testimony. Um, Mark chapter 10. Verse 29. We won't take time to look at the context, but it's powerful, of course. It says, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, Mark 10, 29, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Let me read the Message Bible. Jesus said, mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brother, sisters, mother, father, children, land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiplied many times in homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in trouble. And then the bonus of eternal life. Now, I believe that that can certainly be um, um, uh, multiplied in um, quantity, but I believe Holy Spirit pointed out to me that the multiplication can also be in quality. You know, the kinds, and, and when you have to sacrifice, when you have to leave father, mother, sister, brother, you know, children, when Jesus said, for my sake in the Gospels, this only happens because they, you know, are obstinate. They're the rebellious ones, right? And you ha end up having to choose um, whether, you know, you're going to serve God or, or live to the desires of, of people. I mean, Jesus himself had to do that when Peter tried to get in the way of him going to the cross. You know, Peter said, not so, Lord. <laughs> we left our fishing career you're going to set your kingdom up right here and right now. We're going to be on your right hand and your left. You're not going to go die on us. No way. Think about this, Lord. <laughs> and so Jesus said, get, be, be, get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things that be of God, the things that be of men. And he set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem and to be obedient to God, even to the death of the cross. Amen? Wherefore... God has highly exalted him, hallelujah. 
and given him a name above every name. And also, he gave him a family back. Amen. He was that seed planted in the ground in his death that was multiplied. Hallelujah. In brothers and sisters. Amen. In, 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 uh, in brethren, so to speak, in us, in family. So, uh, we can claim this and we can expect this, amen, if our fathers or mothers have abandoned us, or if we've had to choose um, to leave, so to speak, or to sacrifice uh, natural uh, relatives or relationships in order to obey God, that we, we, we can absolutely expect, and I am a testimony to the fact that God has blessed me in quantity and in quality, for sure, a hundredfold, you know, in mothers. Uh, uh, I, I told you before, I, I didn't leave houses, but I left horses, and now God's blessed me a hundredfold in, in, in quant quality in the way he's, you know, blessed me. And, and, and there's more testimony to come, praise the Lord, in that area. But anyway... Because uh, I had said to God, if you just take a U out and put an R, that would be horses. Well, the message Bible says, whatever you leave, right? You know, houses, lands. I was like, I didn't leave, really leave houses or lands, but I did leave some horses. But I will say this. You know, houses, lands, and horses, they're all good. But the best is people. The best is the relationships, hallelujah, that are, are, are thicker than blood. Amen. Spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, spiritual sisters, spiritual brothers, and God, it, it says, he even puts the solitary into families, right? So we can claim that, but how about, especially those of you, you know, that relatively have great families or come from great families, hallelujah, not broken homes or not, you know, you, you, you have... Uh, an exemplary, and most of you in here really do, because God has restored, amen? We all got problems. <laughs> we all have faults. We all have failures, amen? We all got flesh. But y'all are here on, on Mother's Day evening. Come on, you know, you're the faithful, right? You, uh, how about thinking about being that hundredfold to somebody? You know, being that mother, you know, to somebody. Being that family that God puts a solitary into. That's God's plan. Amen? Hallelujah. He uses people. He uses people. Hallelujah. So again, whether you are a natural mother or not, God has called you to be a mother. He has called you to be a mother because you are to reflect him. You are to reflect the Holy Spirit who has motherly characteristics. Amen. You are called to surround, to protect, hallelujah, to encourage, to comfort. We all are, of course, amen, but especially the female uh, created in Christ Jesus we are called to reflect the Holy Spirit 
and to be mothers to others. Amen? To be comforters, to be counselors, to be friends. Amen? To be family. Can I get an amen? I'm going to close with the prayer that is in Ephesians chapter 3. Let's look at that. This was a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer that Paul penned in Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verse 14, he said, For this reason... I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit. How does God strengthen you? By the Holy Spirit. In the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height, and know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory where? In the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to highlight the phrase uh, in verse 15, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You know, we are a part of a family, a big family. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have left father, mother, brother, or sister, I'm telling you, you got a hundredfold for sure <laughs> in this family, right? Well, you say, well, there, a lot of them are in heaven. Yeah, but you know what? We're all connected, okay? Now, you know uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, right? There's uh, two females mentioned by name, in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. The first one is Sarah, right? And the other one is Rahab. Think about the contrast there. You know, Sarah, which is, what's the female name for patriarch? What? Okay, matriarch, okay. She's the matriarch of our faith, right? And actually in Peter, it says she is our mother. Sarah is our, our mother, if, if we, you know, using her as an example of how she revered her husband Abraham. So, you know, you got Sarah, and it says of her that she, because she believed the promises of God and considered him faithful, she was able to conceive, even when she was, hallelujah, almost 100 years old, right? She counted him faithful. Then you have Rahab, who was the town harlot, a Gentile, no covenant with God. She's in the hall of faith. The two women named by name in the hall of faith. What a, what a spectrum, amen? But, but look at Rahab. She was a harlot, but um, God put her in the hall of faith. What did she do? She hid the spies. She used that motherly quality you know, of protection, protecting, surrounding, you know, hiding. 
And of course, this is the hall of faith. She believed that they were men of God, right? And she believed that if she did the right thing and acknowledged them and, and respected them because they were men of God, uh, and, and she had the faith to um, ask them that, you know, for a favor, and that was what? To protect her family, okay? And so what'd she do? She got them all, you know, the spies said, if, they'll, if you'll get them under the blood, <laughs> because that scarlet cord that's really thread throughout the whole Bible, but in that story in, in the book of Joshua, there was a scarlet cord that hung out the window, uh, and, and, and Rahab the harlot was, was saying, I got my family in here, and don't forget our covenant, don't forget our agreement, right? And don't forget to spare us when you come to destroy this city. And of course, she was spared because of her faith. Faith in the blood, but you know what else? She had family faith, amen? She, her, her prayer and her desire was to gather her family and keep them protected. But she wasn't a mother at the time. You know, she was a, a single Gentile harlot, okay? But she got in the, in the hall of faith. But it's interesting that all of the women in the hall of faith had family faith. You know why? Because they had that motherly characteristic of God. Sarah had faith to conceive a family. Rahab had faith to protect her family. And then the other women in that chapter are not named by name, but uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 that Pastor David referred to in the offering, God sent Elijah to a widow woman to sustain him. And if you read the rest of the chapter, what happened was her son died and uh, Elijah raised that son from the dead. And so Hebrews 11 was referring uh, to, to that widow woman, not even, a, not even a named woman, but it said women received their loved ones back to life again. Hallelujah. Who did? Women did. Why? Because Women are those mama bears, you know. They're not going to take, they're going to look death right in the face and say, no, you got to let go, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know how many of you saw the movie uh, Breakthrough, you know. Well, you know, thank God for all of the people. I love how that movie showed, you know, that miracles happen, not just because of one person's faith in God, you know, but how God used so many different people, right, to bring about that miracle, all the prayers, all the, you know, friends, all of the uh, uh, church family, etc. But, you know, who's the star, right, in the movie? <laughs> that mama bear, right? The mama bear. I mean, when it came to the mom and the dad, the dad was like, okay, you know, like, but she was right there, like, not letting go. Amen. Hallelujah, I'm not going to leave my son. She would not leave her son's side. The father, not so much. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, <laughs> somebody went like this. No, but, you know, he, God used him to temper her, her growl. <laughs> you know, he was like, look, I don't want you to regret the way you treated these people after we get this miracle, right? And so, you know, God uses all of us in different ways. But there's something 
in a female. There's a mama in every female, whether you have natural children or not. And that mama, hallelujah, is God, the Holy Ghost. And you have God, the Holy Ghost. All of us do on the inside of us. But as females, we can reflect God, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And we must. Amen? For this generation, this broken generation, this confused generation, this lonely generation, this needy generation, this lost generation needs to see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord. What was he speaking of? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke chapter 4, because he has anointed me to do what? Heal the brokenhearted. Yes, preach the gospel to the poor, but also what? To heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. That's the mama in God and in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And so, I mentioned these women in the Hall of Faith. So all of the women in the Hall of Faith had family faith. All of the women fought for their families. And, and that's in women, right? And then it goes into chapter 12 where we're to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, but it says, seeing that we have this great cloud of witnesses, you know, let us, you know, run our race and, and focus on Jesus. So that cloud of witnesses certainly is your mama, if your mama's in heaven, amen, your papa, your, you know, any of your loved ones. But these women, that's what it's specifically speaking of. Sarah's in that. Sarah's cheering you on. Rahab is cheering you on. That widow woman is cheering you on, saying all things are possible. Amen? And when we pray, New Testament, Ephesians chapter 3, when we bow our knees to the Father, hallelujah, we need to acknowledge that we are part of this immense family in heaven and in earth. We're all connected. Hallelujah. Sarah is our mother. First Peter chapter 3 says, Sarah's our mother. And she's cheering us on. Wow, we've got a great cloud of witnesses. We got a big family. Hallelujah. And finally, the scripture says in Galatians chapter 4, that Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. Now remember when Jesus on earth wept over Jerusalem and said, you know, like a hen would gather her chicks, I, I tried to gather you, right? That's the natural Jerusalem. No, and, and when we think of a city, city is made up of people, and that's who Jesus was weeping over. You who killed the prophets, he wasn't think, looking at buildings, right? He was talking about people. And so that heavenly Jerusalem is the mother of us all. Hallelujah. What is, it's people. 
hallelujah, that are hovering over us with that mother heart of God and that there's this umbilical cord that we are connected to, that Jerusalem that is from above, that is above. It's the city of God, it's the people of God, it's the family of God. It is the mother of us all. And they won't let go of us. They're, they're in the grandstands, they're connected to us, they are family, hallelujah. And I'm telling you, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are part of a family. Now, we need to manifest that in every way possible as a church, especially as a local church. We need to be those fathers, those mothers, those sisters, those brothers. We must be family. Amen? We must not see one another after the flesh. But see, you are my brother. You are my sister. We need to treat one another like, you know, you, you don't mess with my family. I mean, you know, we might, we might have scuffles, but we still kin, you know? I mean, you don't, they're still mine. They're still part of me. They're, this is who I identify with. And I'm telling you, the family of God, with all of our problems, all of our hangups, uh, we're still the best thing going. We're still the best crowd around. I mean, the only crowd that's gonna last for eternity the only family that's eternal. So you, you might as well accept and appreciate that you are a part of this great family of God of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Amen? And men appreciate the female reflection of God, the motherly reflection of God in the women that God has put in your life. Amen, since today is Mother's Day. Hallelujah. And honor not only your physical, natural mothers, but every spiritual mama that God has blessed you with. Hallelujah. And let's be spiritual mothers that we are called to be.